So uh, this morning, again, we continue our uh, series studying the book of Philippians. And if you're a first-time listener today, uh, you're encouraged to go check out some of the other messages from uh, Paul's letter to the Philippian church. Now, having said that, uh, these are standalone messages. But in today's passage that we're going to read in a moment, Philippians 2, 19-30, Paul is not providing specific direction or teaching for our living. He's not providing specific doctrine for the early church or even for the church today. Paul is basically providing us a case study. A case study of two believers. He provides us an example of two model spiritual leaders to imitate. We have an example of two successful leaders. And success isn't always measured in what we might think is successful. Success is measured in the quality of their character and their faith. So before we read from Philippians 2, 19 to 30, let's come to God in prayer. Father God, you gave your servant Paul these words thousands of years ago in a specific setting and context. And yet these words are still applicable to us today. Through the same Holy Spirit of Jesus that spoke to Paul, speak to us, to what you want us to hear and to understand and to live out today. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen. So Philippians 2, 19 through 30. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, that I also may be cheered when I receive news about you. I have no one else like him who will show show genuine concern for your welfare, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know that Timothy has proved himself Because as a son with his father, he has served with me in the work of the gospel. And I hope, therefore, to send him as soon as I see how things go with me. And I'm confident in the Lord that I myself will come soon. But I think it's necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger, whom you sent to take care of my needs. For he longs for all of you and is distressed because you heard he was ill. Indeed, he was ill and almost died, but God had mercy on him, and not only on him, but also on me, to spare me sorrow upon sorrow. Therefore, I am the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you may be glad, and I may have less anxiety. So then welcome him in the Lord with great joy, and honor people like him, because he almost died for the work of Christ. He risks his life to make up for the help you yourselves could not give me. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So folks, in a culture such as ours, we get bombarded with images and information about people. And Sylvia showed us some of those pictures this morning in the children's message. Much of the media encourages people to seek role models and imitate those who might be rich and famous. And the media encourages us through highlighting certain movie stars or musicians or sports figures and and so many other prominent figures. In addition, the media will portray people who we we would not want to imitate. imitate. Yes, Oscar the Grouch. But we also see recently with the injustices and racism in Minneapolis and around North America. We don't want to imitate people who do not seek justice. We don't want to imitate people who are racist or they look down on others or assume power over people. These things are not in the interest of Jesus Christ or his gospel. And scripture calls us to imitate. 
and Scripture is clear of those whom we are to imitate. We're not, we are not called to imitate those who are morally evil, even though it appears sometimes that the evil ones do prosper. They get further ahead in life. We read that sometimes in the Psalms where they say, it gra- seems like the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. We're also not called to imitate those who are only morally good or those who are only financially successful or only athletic. As children, youth, young adults, as adults, we are called to imitate people with godly characteristics. Not just good characteristics, but godly characteristics. Many people can be good and moral. Only those with faith in Jesus Christ can be godly. As we jump to another book in the New Testament, we, we look at Hebrews 11. And there, we, in Hebrews 11, we can read a list of the many heroes of faith in which we can imitate. And in fact, Hebrews 13, verse 7, a couple chapters later, we read, Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. 1 Corinthians 4, verse 16, Paul encourages people to see him as a model and to imitate him. He says, therefore, I urge you, imitate me. 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Jesus Christ. Going back to the book of Philippians, Philippians 2, verse 5, earlier from our reading this morning, Paul states that we're to have the same mindset as Jesus Imitate Jesus. It's not uncommon for Scripture to challenge the readers to imitate certain people, whether that be Jesus or others. We need to be discerning and selective in the people we choose to imitate. So why does Scripture press the need for people to imitate others? Well, I think it comes from that short phrase that we read in our passage this morning where Paul states in verse 21, for everyone looks out for their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. The problem in the Roman culture was that people were looking out for their own interests. Already earlier in chapter 2, Paul commanded people in verses 3 and 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. Humanity's tendency is to look after themselves. Let's just go back for a moment to the beginning of this creation, to the beginning of the story in in Genesis where we have the story of the Garden of Eden. Sin entered into the world on account of the selfish opportunity to become all-knowing of good and evil. Being disobedient to God's command, Eve looked forward to gaining wisdom. You see, people are often looking to maybe what we call one-up one another. We want to one-up the other person, or maybe even one-up God. People are ensuring that they have the upper hand, that they have the knowledge, that they have the power, that they have the independence. And that becomes so much part of racial tensions today, too. One-upping, seeing that we might be better or we are better than the other. Then Paul, knowing that we often think of ourselves, gave the most perfect example of not being selfish. The most perfect example of humility. In chapter 2, 5-11, through 11, he gives the example of Jesus who humbled himself and came to earth for the sake of humanity. Jesus came for all nations. He came for all colors. He came for all people. The blood of Jesus Christ spilled for each of us in one color. 
And so in Philippians 2, 19-30, Paul provides us two examples of people who strive to imitate Jesus. And Paul includes, includes these examples for his readers to imitate. Maybe so that we won't be so dependent on ourselves and so selfish. Let's briefly look at these two characters. We're first going to look at Timothy. Paul had no one else like Timothy. Verse 20. Timothy is like Paul. He has a close relationship with the Lord. He's got the same vision as Paul. Timothy has the interests of the people in his mind and the gospel message of Jesus Christ in his mind. Timothy cares. He cares for Paul. He cares for the gospel. He cares for the people of Philippi. He loves the Lord and responds by loving God's people. And another time, Paul sent Timothy to the Corinthian church. And we can read this in 1 Corinthians 4, 17. For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, my son, whom I love, who is faithful in the Lord, and he will remind you of my way of life in Jesus Christ, which agrees with what I I teach everywhere in every church. Paul describes Timothy to the Philippians as a son who honors and respects his father in doing the work that he's called to do. He's like a son who serves his father. And Timothy has served Paul in the work of the gospel. Verse 22. Timothy, according to Paul, has proved himself. Timothy can be trusted. He followed Jesus. He followed Paul. Timothy had learned the art of putting others ahead of himself. Timothy also was a risk taker. Because he did put others ahead of himself. And that's risky, people. Timothy had an agenda. Of course he did. Everybody does. But Timothy's agenda was in line with the gospel. Timothy served the Lord by serving the people. He extended grace to, and love to those around him. And as verse, chapter 1, verse 27 states, he conducted himself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Timothy was a faithful servant of Jesus. He was a godly person with a Christ-like attitude and is one whom we can use as an example in our lives. Next, we're briefly introduced to Epaphroditus. And we're not actually given much information about this guy and about his life. We're we're told that Epaphroditus almost died, verse 30, but nothing is said about what ailed him. Paul doesn't elaborate on his illness. And nor does Paul really elaborate much on his recovery. But Paul describes Epaphroditus as a brother, a fellow worker, a fellow soldier, a messenger. There's this closeness that is described with Paul. And Epaphroditus cares for Paul because he was willing to make the trip from Philippi to Rome to meet with Paul, to connect with Paul. And there's another verse in the Bible, where, there's no other verse in the Bible where someone receives so many accolades, tributes, and honors as Epaphroditus, other than Jesus, of course. Epaphroditus appears to be the man. He cares for the people of Philippi. In verse 26, we read that he was rather homesick and he longed for the people of Philippi and he had compassion on them. And he felt distressed because the Philippi people heard that he was sick and they couldn't do anything about it and heard little about it. But he wanted to return to them and say, everything's okay, folks. Epaphroditus was compassionate and sensitive to the people. Epaphroditus was from the Philippian church. And as Paul states as well, Epaphroditus was a risk taker, verse 30. Not that he was careless, but again, he risked his life for others. 
He risked his life for the gospel. He risked his life for Jesus. Epaphroditus was a godly person, and we are encouraged to imitate him. So these men that we are told about this morning, they're not just hearing the gospel message. They are responding to the gospel message. They trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior of their life. And they had faith in Christ for their salvation and for the forgiveness of all their sins. And as a response on account of salvation through faith in Christ alone, they were living out their salvation and their faith. And they were doing this through words and through actions. So here we get this great description of these two great and awesome guys. And now Paul knew these two guys. And people in the church knew these two guys. But let's be honest, we don't. In all reality, how are we to imitate these two guys today who lived a couple thousand years ago? Well, I think we're given the character and faith of these two guys that we can follow. And maybe we don't specifically imitate them because, again, we really don't know them. But who in our lives are willing to serve willing to sacrifice, willing to put others ahead of themselves, who in our lives is willing to take risks. So the first question that we need to ask is, who today is God putting in your path for you to imitate? The second question is, how is God using you to allow others to imitate you? So first, who today is God putting in your path for you to imitate? Well, Timothy and Epaphroditus were two different people, but one thing that they had in common was Jesus. They both had faith in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. They believed in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And Timothy and Epaphroditus, yeah, they looked to Paul and imitated Paul. And all three of these folks, they they looked to Jesus and they imitated and used Jesus as an example. Jesus has proven himself trustworthy. He created the world in which we live in. He came and lived a blameless life without sin. He served and sacrificed even to the point of dying on the cross for all our sins. And then he overcame death and rose from the dead because he was God who came in the flesh. He has power over death and power over life. And he has sent into heaven and he will return again. And we believe all that scripture says about Jesus. Jesus Christ risked it all. He risked his life. We read a couple weeks ago the ascension story and how Jesus himself became obedient to God right up to his death. Even death on the cross. And we celebrate all that Jesus has done for us. We celebrate that in a moment as we celebrate the Lord's Supper together as as one body. We're called to imitate Jesus. We believe in Jesus. People of God imitate Jesus. But then who else to imitate? Okay, so we, we imitate Jesus. We know Jesus. We know Jesus better than Epaphrodites and Timothy. But we need to seek other believers. Godly people, again, not just good people to imitate. Others who imitate and follow Jesus. People who seek out a mature, people seek out a mature believer in your life to imitate. Again, a mother, father, a grandparent, a senior member, maybe even somebody your age or even younger than you. Yes, seek out Jesus. Imitate Jesus. 
but ask Jesus who he's put in your path to imitate. When we seek out another person to imitate, it removes part of that selfishness. It removes that dependence on ourself. So who today is God putting in your path to imitate? The second question is how is God using you to allow others to imitate you? Well, some of you might be thinking, well, I hope people aren't looking at me to imitate. Remember this. The Apostle Paul, before he was equipping Christian leaders, was killing young deacons. Paul was a murderer. And now Timothy and Epaphroditus and others are being equipped by Paul and they're imitating Paul. Now I'm going to assume that not too many of you listening today are murderers. But you have other sins in your past and in your present. Or some of you are saying maybe I'm just not equipped because you have doubts and challenges and you question things of the Lord. You question the things of Scripture. Great! Because other believers need to hear that. So please do not discredit yourself from being, being somebody to be imitated. Because when you discredit yourself, you're discrediting God. Because God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So people, let him do it. We need humility. We need to be able to publicly make mistakes and then clean up our mistakes and our messes and allow others to learn and imitate from us even from our messes, but more importantly, from our faith. Let God use you to be faithful imitators to others. Mothers, fathers, grandparents, uncles, aunts, GEMS counselor, youth leaders, cadet counselors, teachers, fellow believers. There are people, young and old, who will be imitating you. God has put people into the church family to be imitated. Or maybe, as one being imitated, you might think, oh, you don't have that great faith story to share. I disagree. Everyone has a great faith story. And your story begins that you are saved by God's grace through Jesus Christ for nothing that you have done and for no other reason except the fact that Jesus loves you immensely. And you are living your life in faith as a follower of Jesus. Oh, and when you mess things up, and we will, God will forgive us on account of Jesus' love as well. People, keep in mind, Tim and Epaph, they weren't perfect. They likely had character flaws. They too relied on God's amazing grace and forgiveness for all these flaws. And others were able to learn from their flaws as well. Nevertheless, they strove to be the disciples that God called them to be. And you too are called to be that. By God's grace. And we have to be willing to respond wherever Jesus asks us to. Timothy and Epaphroditus, they responded in faith and they were willing to risk. They were willing to take those steps to the edge of their comfort zone and take one more step beyond. Are you willing to take that extra step of risk and faith and imitate them and imitate Jesus? and find someone in the church body to imitate? Are you willing to take that extra step of risk and faith and ensure you live a life worthy of others to imitate you? 
We're called to love God and to love one another. And our natural tendency, our natural sinful tendency is to love ourselves. Our natural sinful tendency is to look after our own interests and not those of Jesus and others. But when Christ transforms the lives of his people, by the power of his spirit, his people are able to respond in living for him. And we need to be intentional. Imitate God's people and allow others to imitate you to the glory and for the glory of God. And let us respond by celebrating our faithful and loving Savior whom we can imitate. Amen.